Hello, friends. Welcome to this special bonus episode on the Canadian Church Leaders Podcast. For the next 30 minutes, we are deviating from our typical format on the podcast to get highly practical on a topic that many of you might feel uncomfortable or even stuck in, especially those of you who communicate from the stage to your community. It's the art of communicating about giving and generosity. One of our partners at CCLN, Generis, cares deeply about helping pastors like yourselves foster a culture of biblical generosity and stewardship in your churches. John Wright, who is a former pastor and a part of the team at Generis, joins us today for a quick chat on creating this kind of positive giving culture and takes us into what that might practically look like for you as you approach your end. We know that many of you are already considering what it looks like in these final months of 2023 to celebrate what the Lord has done, share vision for the year ahead, and to invite your church into all of it. So we hope this conversation and Generis's resources might be a support for you in that. Now, you'll also be hearing a new voice across from John. We asked our friend Jordan Michelski from Soul Sanctuary in Winnipeg to guest host this conversation. And we invited him in because first, Jordan is just lovely, but also he's an executive pastor who has been working with his own church to strengthen their culture, language, and systems around giving. So we felt he'd be a helpful person to host John. If you want to dive deeper into this topic following the conversation, we recommend you chat with John or consider some of Generis' incredible resources, like their latest guide titled Best Year-End Giving Ever. Just check out the episode description for all of that. Okay, we hope this bonus episode serves you well in this season. Without further introduction, here's Jordan and John. Hey, John, it's so good to be able to connect here on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I was first introduced to you in my email inbox and I received a CCLN uh, newsletter. And then down at the bottom, there was, I think there was your, your picture, your face was in my inbox, or for sure I clicked the link that brought me to your face. Uh, and I started scrubbing through uh, all sorts of resources uh, that you have for local churches around generosity and stewardship and money. And so maybe, John, as we kick off the conversation, uh, would you maybe give us some insight into who you are? Who is John? What is it that you do? And how did you end up here today on the CCLM podcast? Yeah, awesome. Uh, thanks, Jordan. Good to good to be with you today. Um, yeah, so uh, I work with Generis, um, and we we basically come alongside churches to help them create a healthy culture, a sustainable culture of biblical generosity. And so um, I was first introduced to to Generis actually as a client. Um, came up through an entrepreneurial background. Uh, ended up uh, serving on an elder board of my home church, which is up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, and through the course of that, uh, the the new senior pastor that we would bring in uh, in that season as an elder, um, he asked me to step out of my company and become an executive pastor, which I had no experience in at all. And I, I jumped in and um, it, it was great. Uh, steep learning curve, obviously, as you well know. Um, but um yeah, we we were in some financial straits. It was a challenging time for us as a church. And so about two years into my season as executive pastor, um, I reached out to Generis and said, hey, guys, this is the situation I'm in. Uh, how do I do this in a way that's biblical, that's honoring, um, that really moves people forward in their discipleship? Um, from the stewardship standpoint. And so so that was really my first introduction um, to Generis was, I need help. Uh, where do I go? Right. So so that that was how I got in there. 
We're going to come back to the work with Generis, but I'm really interested about your work as an executive pastor. Uh, I I share that title. And I think as I've learned and met or learned from and met executive pastors across the country and the continent, the executive pastor role looks different from church to church. Uh, What drew you to the role of executive pastor apart from being called to it by your lead? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. And and I would agree. I think there are as many executive pastors as there are lead pastors, right? Um, and so the lead pastor that I served with, uh, he's still lead pastor uh there in Minneapolis. Um and and I would say he he is an incredible Bible teacher uh and preacher, but was not visionary. And and so, you know, I would go in and say, you know, in summer, hey, what what's your vision for for the church this fall? And he'd say, I'm gonna preach through Ephesians. And it's like, I know, but like, what about outreach? What about missions? What about groups? He's like, Yeah, I'm preaching through Ephesians. And so so I was the visionary leader. I led the staff, uh, staff meetings, staff development, um, and really most of the ministry initiatives. And he was a, he was just straight up Bible teacher and and it was a great fit, um, for us in that season. So I think, you know, if you're an executive pastor or a lead pastor listening to this, uh, be you, right. That's my best advice is God has created each of us uniquely and he brings people together much like a marriage. And we were able to compliment, um, one another and, and really bring the church into a season of health and impact, uh, because we let each other be who God designed us to be. And it, it was, it was a real privilege to serve, uh, almost a decade there. I love stories like that. John, as we, Think about the conversation, um, kind of going back to your work with Generis and, and around giving and financial stewardship and, and money. Last year, we, uh, we had gone through a kind of our first, uh, teaching series in our church on, on money and generosity and tithing, uh, since before the pandemic. And so that was a number of years. And we came into that series and, and really everyone's story comes up. Everyone in the community's story comes up. We all have experiences with money. Uh, why do you think that it's, it's difficult for people to talk about money in the church context? And maybe what, what insight would you give from your work at Generis for those who, who, desire to or recognize the need to uh, begin conversations about money in the context of their local church? Yeah. Again, great question. And yes, we, we, I wrestled with it. And I think all of us in, in church space wrestle with it. And I think there's, there's a few things um, that, that create that, that sort of awkwardness around it. And, and the first thing is, I think we do the, we do ourselves a disservice and, and ultimately our congregations by, um, by thinking about it incorrectly, right? Jesus didn't say go into all, all the world and make donors. We make disciples. And I think one of the challenges is that we, we will look to as pastors and leaders in church space, we'll look to universities or our kids' school or the United Way or places like that. And we will think, oh, that's a great way to do that. The problem is we don't do donor development. That is not our job. And, and our churches start to feel that way if, if we start approaching them in, in that sense. And so, so I think when we shift to a discipleship, um, idea and a discipleship focus. It's a heart, it's a heart change for the leaders, first of all, um, to say, wow, there is something here for our church, uh, family to, to know and understand. And, and so I think a few of those, there's, there's three of them that I'll, I'll just quickly touch on. I think the first thing is to help our churches understand and our, the families in our church that, 
that generosity and giving and stewardship is not something the church needs from them. It's what God wants for them, right? Yeah. And so, so there's this idea in Philippians 4, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and he he makes this statement in verse 17. Uh, he says, look, I don't, I don't say this. He, he was basically saying, will you invest in, in the ministry that I'm doing? And he says to them, I don't say this because I want a gift from you or I need a gift from you but I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. And so, so what he's saying is when we get to invest in kingdom work, there's a blessing that, that exists for us that God has for us. Right. And, and so the first thing I want, I want our church family to understand is, is giving is not something we're extracting from you. It's something that God wants for you. And, and that one, we, we don't, often do very well. I think the second thing is all of us in it from a discipleship standpoint, we want to look more like Jesus, right? We want to grow in Christ likeness. And so we all use John 3:16 as a verse for evangelism, but you know, for God so loved the world that he gave. Exclamation. And so so if we stop right there, he love gives, right? Um and so salvation is rooted in generosity and then in turn our generosity is rooted in our salvation it's 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 like a it's a response it's a natural response of becoming more like jesus is to be generous and not just with our financial resources but with all the things and that goes into the third one which um very few uh pastors ever preach on this so genesis 3:15 is the fall and basically all of us are in the work of helping people, you know, fallen man reconnect with the Holy God through the person of Jesus Christ. So that's Genesis 3.15 to today. That is the work of the church. What's curious is Genesis 2.15, a chapter before, when God said, let us create man in our image. And he created, you know, male and female, he created them. And then it says he put them in the garden to steward it. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the bumper sticker statement here is steward before sinner. And that's who we were. That's who we are. When God said, I will make man and woman in my image and give them a role and responsibility in this life, it was to steward. And so I think that's the other thing is it feels sometimes like stewardship and generosity is this bolt on. Now that you've become a Christian, we're going to add this thing to you. The reality is it's who we were. It was by design, by God's perfect, holy design, we were stewards, whether it's financial, whether it's the environment, whether it's relationships, the gospel. Those are all things that we're called to steward. And so I think in the church, it gets weird when stewardship and money in particular becomes this weird thing that's outside of all the other facets of discipleship. So I think that's probably at the core. Tell us a little bit about your work at Generis then. So what exactly is Generis? I saw your webpage when I clicked the email and and your smiling face popped up and there were some really helpful resources and I put my name and email in and I got uh, an email, a couple PDFs sent to me. Uh, Break it down for us. What does Generis do and what does it look like for you to work with churches? Yeah. So um, again, the, the idea of Generis is to come alongside and help the churches kind of design and develop their own theology of generosity and stewardship, and then help them build systems and processes for that to become sustainable. So I, I would say that historically, Generis has been around for about 34 years. Um, 
and mostly in the capital campaign space. So a church might, you know, we're going to buy land or we're going to build a new building or renovate or pay off debt or whatever it was. And Generis would come in and do a kind of a point in time a two-year conversation and then there's a, a commitment Sunday and everybody says, I'm going to give this much and it, it's an awesome thing. And we we do that. Um, and there are seasons for that, uh, for sure. And so if if there's somebody listening that says, man, we've, we've got a big thing that we got to do that's way outside of our normal budget, happy to help and, and, and serve you in that context and help you do that. Um, However, I would also say that that many churches are just in a place where what we're talking about is how do we even just have the conversation? We don't necessarily need to buy a new building or, you know, expand or any of these things. We just need to do better at, at you know, discipling our church uh, around this area of stewardship. So so that's a, a second facet um, of what we do. So I would say the, the campaign work is probably self-explanatory. We come in, it's a two to three year process. We're working with the church toward a moment in time of generosity um, to move the vision forward. The generosity, what I would say culture coaching or even capacity building is something where it's a it's about a 12 month experience. Um, and we just help churches, again, walk through their own theology of generosity and then build out a framework where whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually, all the rhythms that the church has, where do we start dropping in um, teaching around uh, generosity and stewardship that is appropriate, that is um, thoughtful, that's biblically, you know, right, correct, um, and sustainable for, for the church family. So in most cases, the, the folks that are part of the church family, they don't even know we're there. They never, I don't get up and preach. Mm. We are, we are not there because we believe you as executive pastor, lead pastor, whoever, it's your job to do that discipleship. You are the face of discipleship, not us. But we're going to give you the tools and those resources to be able to do that well um, and, and work in partnership with you. So it's a pretty it's a pretty in-depth uh, process. But then we also knowing that there are you know large and small churches listening, all of the ways that we engage there are um, based on the where the church is at, you know, their their budget and, and things like that. Because obviously a, a you know a, a large church with a large um uh, church family and a large budget is going to look different than a small church. And so so we make it uh, available uh, to be able to work with any any church of any size and help them move forward. And typically we're seeing right now 10 to, 10 to 15% year over year increase in the budget with these tools and and some significantly more than that. Yeah, that's wow, incredible. I think everybody would love a 10 to 15% uh, overall increase in their year yeah. over year. Yeah. Uh, you know, as you're talking, it's, it's kind of bringing me into some of the things that we've done uh, at our church over the course of the last year and, and some of the campaigns that we've pioneered. So uh, our church located in Winnipeg, uh, we built our own building. I want to say it's been about eight or nine years ago. And I think it's a, a typical story. Uh, the church is 20 years old, was a church plant. We moved into our building and then we got got in and it was like, man, we had sunk all the funds into the building. And it was like the next five years, we were like absolutely cash strapped, married to the mortgage. And yeah. then like even just looking for a way forward. And so it, last year, 
as we did our, our teaching series on, on finances and on generosity and giving and money and tithing and how that all shaped out, uh, we partnered it with something that we had never done at our church before. Uh, we called it our, our uh, legacy offering, and it was an offering at the end of the year uh, that ran throughout the month of November and December, uh, and it really worked towards a series of, of uh, key pillars, uh, vision-based initiatives, really, that we were driving towards uh, as a community. Uh, and to be able to see our community for the first time kind of coming out of, you know, that cash-strapped in the new building era and then into COVID and, and shut down and then into a new season where we were giving generously and sacrificially towards, you know, the, the path that God had put us on was super exciting for me as an executive pastor. And I loved being a part of it and being along for the ride. As we approach this year end time uh, and as people are thinking, okay, uh, what am I doing for charitable contributions? Uh, this is generally a good thing for churches to be thinking about. And so I want to throw it to you, like, what should a lead pastor or an executive pastor of any size church be thinking as it comes to year end? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. And I actually, I love that. I think people will give to need um, in a season, but typically they, they will give to vision. They, that's where you start to see real sacrifice and people being like, man, I, I want to be part of that. Um, and so, so I love that your church is doing that and, and it does build, it does build that consistent, sustainable generosity to look outside and to say, where can we invest? Where is God working? How do we join him in that? Um, and your, you know, your leadership team had great wisdom, uh, in, in executing on something like that. So, so that's beautiful. I think there's a few things and, and sometimes I would, you know, uh, you, you go slow to go fast. Um, I think in in most churches that we work with, um, and probably most churches listening, you have forty to sixty percent of the folks in your church families that don't give anything. Um, and again, this goes back to that discipleship versus donor development, or what I would say transactional versus transformational. And so, if you look at any church website, you know you get about us, and it's mission, vision, values, learn more. You go to um, you know, ministries. Well, I'm new. Plan your visit. Learn more. Here's how you get here. There's directions. There's phone numbers. There's times. Um, get connected. Here's groups. And, uh, you know, maybe our group leaders are out in the lobby on Sunday morning and you can learn more. And then if you're going to serve, um, hey, there's a lot of serving opportunities and you can learn more on the website or you can learn more with the, the volunteer leaders out in the, out in the lobby. And then and we get to giving and it's click and enter your bank account information. And it's like, wait, what? I, but I don't know what I'm doing here. And so, so there's a huge opportunity if we start thinking about generosity and stewardship from that discipleship standpoint. What if we created a learn more path that wasn't just this transactional click and enter your bank data, but it was actually what does the Bible teach? What do we believe here at, at, at our church about generosity and stewardship? And where does your money go? And, you know, all the questions that people have that move it from this transactional thing to a transformational thing and invite them to a journey, not a moment. 
And then even things that are as simple as, you know, all of all the churches listening, there's an auto auto generated receipt. And so so finally, you know, God's moved on my heart. I've showed up. I've gotten through this transactional page. And then I get a receipt that says, dear Mr. Wright, your transaction has been successfully processed. Yeah. <laughs> right. That, yeah, that's that's backwards. <laughs> right. It's like, what are, what are we doing here? I don't I don't want. I don't want it effectively processed. I want it to have huge gospel impact, right? And so but we can do that just by being thoughtful and backing up a little bit and saying, yeah, let's get to where people can give, but let's be thoughtful first about moving them along in that journey and and how do we do that? And so so there's some great ways um, to do that. And then uh, once once they've jumped in on that, now let's talk to them about the fact that that biblical stewardship isn't this emotional one and done box checking thing. It's really a lifestyle. And so, so let's talk about, you know, regular giving, recurring giving. How do we disciple people in that, in that journey, right? Along the way. And so, so there's some, some things we can do on the front end to certainly say, let's make, let's make generosity and stewardship more like the journey to serving and connecting and and all the things that we're doing in in church so so that's the first place that that I like to go to with churches is to is to get into that piece because um if you think about your current budget for anybody who's listening you have a current budget and then if you think 50% of the people in the room aren't giving anything at all well, mm-hmm. that's a great place to start, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so that's that's one. As you get to the end of the year, um, I think I think the stuff that you've talked about, what what your church has done, uh, is a great way to do it. Make it externally focused. Make it about somebody else. Um, and create some partnerships and some opportunities for people. Tell some great stories. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if, if your church is going to work with a, a food shelf or a homeless shelter or or some other a healthcare um, type organization, tell the stories first. Get get the executive director of that organization to do a a ninety second video and, and just say, hey, here's who I am. Here's what our organization does, and we're so looking forward to partnering with your church uh, over the next four weeks uh, to really minister to the people in our community, and then. Then you do the kind of the invitation for people to join in and then let that person come back. And maybe they're even on the platform on a weekend and they're sharing some stories, right? Make it more personal. Um, And like your church is generous, um, but we get to be generous. We actually get to be part of this. And if you can, anytime it's possible, don't just write checks, create opportunities. Hey, we're funding this this food shelf, but you can go down and and load the the pantry. You can make sandwiches and deliver them out to um, you know the homeless folks or whoever, whatever that looks like. Um, create more engagement that's beyond financial um yeah. because that really captures people's hearts, right? So so that's a great way to do it. I like um in in you know mid-November. Um, a few weeks from now, a really simple letter, which I'm happy to share a template with to, to anybody who wants to email me as well. But basically, it it can come from executive pastor, lead pastor, whoever makes sense. But but saying, hey, as we enter, you know, kind of the holiday season and the end of the year, here's a few ministry highlights that just blessed me as you know, as your leader over the last few months. Here's a few things I'd love to invite you to pray with 
our leadership over the next few weeks. And then uh, um, here's a link to your year-to-date generosity. Thank you so much for investing in the mission and vision of our church. And if you're reading this and you haven't started your generosity journey, you can click here to learn more, right? And then we're super excited about what God's going to do in 2024. Would you prayerfully consider helping us finish the year strong um, and set us for incredible gospel impact in 2024? Your pastor, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, whatever. Um, but but a letter that goes out mid-November that that just says, God is on the move. He's doing some cool stuff. Here's a few of those. Here's where we think he's going. Would you join us in prayer? And then would you help us position the church well to have greater impact next year? And it's very pastoral. Um, it's It's got invitational kind of language to it. Um, it's a it's a really great way uh, to kind of end the year and enc- encourage some, some generosity. Yeah. And I think something like an idea, like the last one you shared, it's so accessible. It's a letter. And I think uh, let's, let's get that letter into people's hands. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that you said, and I'm going to apply this in our church context, because I get my recurring giving like transaction receipt emailed from the church each month into my inbox on the first of the month. And it literally says, and it's the default like planning center giving one that is like your transaction's been completed. I've never thought of it, John, but thank you so much for bringing that up. Because when we speak from the platform in our church around generosity and around giving, even like when we do financial reports and we report revenue, right? So yeah, it's revenue, but it's not revenue, it's acts of worship. And so we are so intentional about using that language that first and foremost, this revenue line is actually just a total of the acts of worship of giving of our finances to God from this church community. And then for us to send out those, your transactions being completed receipts, it's like we're operating on two separate uh, wavelengths here. So thank you so much for that that little insight. It's such an easy change, but it, it continues to further the message of like, this giving conversation is not about transactions. It's not about revenue. It's about Christian discipleship. That's so helpful. So thank you. Yeah, exactly. And and that's awesome. And because again, we don't do that in any other way. If we're, if we're thanking our volunteers or, you know, mm-hmm. prayer team or whatever, it's, it's never, it's never transactional, right? It's man, you were part of this ministry and, and lives are being changed. And that's so cool. Yeah. So it just, it's really just a matter of taking the same way we do every other facet of discipleship and bringing stewardship back in to that. And it makes it so much easier to talk about it. Yeah. I, I think this is, that's exactly what you've done uh, in, in the time that we've spent together, John, you've made this conversation easier to talk about. You gave us that theological grounding and then a handful of really practical tips. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, because this has been super beneficial for me, John, I want to say thank you. I know that this conversation uh, has been helpful uh, for myself, but also for so many pastors who are listening right now. Uh, John, I had noted earlier that you have a series of resources that are available to pastors and to ministry leaders. Uh, If somebody's looking to get their hands on these resources or even the letter template that you talked about, like John, how is it that they go about doing that? Yeah, so I think my email will be in in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, email is the best. Just pop me a, a note. Um, it's it's John dot at generis dot com, which is J O N dot W R I G H T at generis G E N E R I S 
Um, just pop me a note and just, you know, put CCLN in the, in the subject, um, and, uh, let me know what, what resources would be most helpful for you in this season. We got a ton of them, um, on all kinds of different things. Um, and I'm happy to share as much as would be helpful. Incredible, John. Thank you for equipping the local church here in Canada. And thanks for your time today. Absolutely. Good to be with you. Well, a big thank you to you, John, for sharing such helpful and insightful thoughts. And we're so thankful for Generis' commitment to helping churches become generous as Jesus' bride should be, and to equipping pastors to communicate to that end. Again, if you're looking to go deeper on all of this, we can't recommend connecting with John enough. And specifically, if you're looking to strengthen your year-end giving approach, be sure to check out Generis' latest guide, Best Year-End Giving Ever, in the episode show notes. Okay. That's it from us for this bonus conversation. We want to invite you to join us next week as pastor, preacher, and author Daryl Johnson speaks to how you as pastors can help your communities navigate the moral ambiguity of this time and so much more. See you soon.